today on CityCast Denver. South Park is celebrating 25 years on TV this week, with two nights of concerts at Red Rocks and a traveling exhibit of memorabilia from the show's impressive run. That's 25 seasons, hundreds of episodes, and thousands of opportunities to make fun of everything and everyone under the sun. Something my guest today wishes the show's creators would do to her. Yeah, I would prefer to make fun of everybody else. (laughs) My friend Kaylin Heffernan is the biggest South Park fan I know. So I knew this was finally my chance to ask my well-read, thoughtful, former mayoral candidate friend why she likes this show that rips on everyone and what it says about us here in Colorado that we like it so much too. And watch out, just like South Park, this conversation has some explicit moments. Today is Tuesday, August 9th, 2022. I'm Bree Davies, and this is CityCast Denver. Kaylin Heffernan, welcome back to CityCast Denver. Bree Davies, thank you very much. <laughs> So the 25th anniversary of South Park is this, they're celebrating this week. And we've been talking about this as a team, like, what kind of show do we want to do? And I was like, I want to talk to the biggest South Park fan I know. And that is you. (laughs) (laughs) Do you remember the first time you saw an episode of South Park? No, I don't remember the very first time, but I definitely remember like my early childhood memories of getting to watch South Park um, late at night. So I probably didn't jump in till after a couple years of South Park. I never had cable television, so I didn't start watching till the reruns were on UPN at like... 1230 at night or whatever, past 11 p.m. I didn't even know that they did that. So on Channel 20, they played reruns. Correct. And yeah, and pretty late at night. So that was kind of my like alone time as a kid and in a chaotic household. And I would like be creative at night. And like, I wasn't like banned from it, I would have been able to watch it, but it was kind of this raunchy kid show. I'm going down south, I'm going to have myself a time. Friendly faces everywhere, What is it about South Park that you love? Well, <laughs> you know me enough to know that, like, I'm pretty into offensive humor, and I can be a pretty offensive person, but... I have morals (laughs) and I care. So like I find that South Park has always just had this really distinctive way of like bullying every bully and being a bully, but in a very inclusive way. (laughs) They are like super offensive and I think that, you know, they go for the jugulars pretty much in every episode. But they've been doing, you know, after 25 years and, like, after the range of issues that they've taken up, and they've done it all, you know? They've, they seem to, like, really hit on every sensitive subject. Your son said some things to a fourth-grade girl that frankly make me want to puke. Now that I'm principal, I'm not going to allow anyone at the school to be made feel unsafe and harassed. 
What? What did he say? You'll have to excuse my language. <clears throat> I don't think Caitlyn Jenner is a hero. And they don't just do it for the sake of it. Like, there's always some moral to the story. There's always, like, a conclusion, which I appreciate. And again, it's like, you know, 25 seasons. Like, there's, there's definitely some episodes that just don't do it. That don't land, yeah. And you know me being, like, you know, a DIY kid, even before I knew what DIY meant, like... It's such a simple 2D animation, like, and and even the process, which I didn't know about until much later, the process of them making it being just so, like, quick, it really, like, you know, forces you to, like, pay attention to other things. So, like, the voices, the character plot lines, the sarcasm, the humor, you really have to grip onto that because the animation everything else is just so like simple oh my god they killed kenny you bastard and yeah i think they always take something that's already kind of a touchy subject and just like exaggerate the hell out of it you know to the point of like really and why i find humor just like such this powerful tool similarly to like music is that it really can make you think about things in different ways and you know laughter is so universal that it's like if things make you laugh even really bad things can make you laugh I think it gives you your brain kind of this opportunity to like do something about it or or reflect on it in different ways that's outside of yourself because you know by laughing you're literally projecting all this wild stuff inside it's like crying you know it's like such a good release they allow you to laugh at things that maybe we're not always feel like we're allowed to okay so I'm thinking of this episode that like I was even afraid to talk about um (laughs) but did you watch the trans athlete uh episodes where it's like Macho Man Randy Savage, yes. I think, is Heather the bodybuilder. Yes. And nothing about him is different. He's just calling himself a woman and competing in in women's sports. I can't tell you how free I feel now that I've started identifying as a woman. And is it correct you just started identifying as female two weeks ago? I'm not here to talk about my transition. I'm here to kick some f- God, I even like don't have the words for it, but it was like the most extreme version of something that we're talking about. It's not in no way reality, but it was tapping into this issue in a way that allowed us to like laugh for a minute, Hmm. you know, but it's still I don't know. It's yeah, that one like and you know, this is South Park like they kind of like, oh. Oh, like they really went there, you know, but I think that they've always found a way to like be offensive and have some kind of like thought piece. If you're just doing it to like diminish people or just just for the sake of the laugh and there's no like conscious behind it, like I just can't do it. 
This episode is brought to you by the Colorado Wine Board. Because the wine community here is like surprisingly robust. I mean, think about Bigsby's Folly and Infinite Monkey Theorem here in Denver alone. And there are urban wineries all across the Front Range. Then there's the Western Slope, Peonia, I mean, Palisade. Hello, Palisade Wine, are you kidding me? It didn't used to really be a thing, but from what I hear, it's very much a thing now. There are more than 165 wineries across Colorado to explore, and they produce all sorts of wine that reflect our unique culture and climate. So finding a label that you're going to love is easy, no matter where your adventure takes you. Discover it for yourself and support local winemakers at coloradowine.com. That's coloradowine.com. So this is something I want to ask you about as someone who's your friend, but also someone who's worked in the political sphere with you on disability rights issues. What do you think about their disability representation on the show? You know, they did have Timmy um, before many people. And Timmy is a person who uses a wheelchair. Timmy! Timmy is me. (laughs) The big head. And all he says is Timmy. And I haven't actually really thought about it a ton, but thinking about it now, like as a significantly disabled person in elementary school, the majority of the time those kids are segregated, right? right? And like they're in a special ed class. So like even the fact that like Timmy is nonverbal and like only says his name and feels kind of like this other, like... <laughs> seems to get the point across well, at least to me. And, like, Jimmy is, like, this bad comedian. And he's also disabled. And I could relate to, like, his character, and I find, and I can be one of them, is that, like, people with disabilities, a lot of us choose to kind of be this, like, out-and-center person to kind of flip the script of, like, we're already being tokenized and stared at and blah 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 so you know let's make it a show and sometimes that doesn't land very well and I think Jimmy's a like great example of like one of those disabled kids who like takes you know thinks he's the funniest person ever and really isn't knock knock who's there an interrupting cow an interrupting cow What a terrific audience. Um, so, <laughs> That's like the joke, too, is like he's a bad comedian. Yeah. And, and that felt very, very right on. And, you know, same, same with trans, same with any marginalized identity. We become conditioned to like, you know, we have to get on the side of these oppressed people. And then it's like, well, if we, if we don't hold everybody accountable in the same ways, then we're actually just reinforcing ableism, racism, homophobia, all these things, right? Yeah. I just think for entertainment, for comedy, for politics, for satire, for pop culture, like, I can't think of anybody who's done it better. (laughs) Do you think there's anything Colorado-like about their sense of humor? Is there anything that resonates with you as someone who deeply identifies with where we grew up yeah everything and I'm I'm almost kind of like I 
I'm like, did these guys really spend much time here? Because, like, from what I know, they grew up in, like, Littleton or... Ca- like, in Conifer. Yeah. Yes, Castle Rock. Like, they're from the Burbs. They went to Boulder. They left for L.A. immediately. I'm like, how do these guys, like, still get it? So maybe they have, like, plants or, like, they got... I, I think their writer's room has to have people that are just watching Denver all the time because the way that they skewer our neighborhoods and you know we were you know the Soto Sopa episode right oh man this is historic Soto Sopa it's our vibrant and charming arts and foods district hmm I enjoy how you've retained the lower income housing with the updated and quaint urban developments that's really what our town is about but also like I remember now one episode where it was like all the Colorado celebrities and it was like Jake (laughs) Jabs Jabs. and Tim Tebow and like the Shane Diamond guy and like man if you know you know like there's nothing better and Soto Sopa you know I knew immediately like Lodo, Loja. Yeah I know. This is this is they're talking about here and I'm Going to Lodo that week, and it was like, live where you work, work where you play. And I could see all the imagery on 16th Street Mall, (laughs) like literally on the mall ride. And it's like the same, they they just exaggerated it, and it's exactly right. Like, they're spot on, the Union Station area. Like, all that imagery is Soda Sopa. Yeah. No, they na- they nail it. And I always wonder, I'm like, is this appealing to other people as it is to us? But maybe it's just that extra layer that makes it funny to us on top of all the jokes. Everybody that I am like, oh, South Park. And they're like, oh, yeah, that is Colorado. Like, I think I think it's cool and subtle enough that like whether or not you're from here, you could still enjoy it. But like if you're from here, like you extra enjoy it. You know, like the Casa Bonita it's still a funny episode for whatever reason, but like if you've been to Casa Bonita, like you're extra gonna love it. It's always funny to me when folks realize it's a real place. They're like, oh my God, Casa Bonita is real. I'm like, oh, it is. Yeah, Colfax <laughs> is real. Like the Denver skyline, the way they depict it, I'm like, oh my God, you guys are so good. And to, you know, back to your question of like how. Denver, Colorado is their humor. Like, I think it is so very, because, you know, Denver is this like weird, magical, special, big city, but wow, small town, cow town, ridiculous. Like, the crap that we can get away with in Denver, it's just like we are this landlocked anomaly, you know, in so many ways. There's a certain quality, vibe, and energy that is Soto Sopa. From the independent merchants and unique cafes to the rustic charm of a mixed-income crowd. So I, I have to ask, I know something about you that is that you have always dreamed of being a character <laughs> yeah. who's, like, written or drawn into yeah. South Park. If Matt and Trey were to listen to this, mm-hmm. what would you want them to know about you? <laughs> Like, why do you, why is this like your dream? 
well, it's just like my humor, you know? And like, I feel like so much of my life is a South Park episode. I mean, the mayor race, we talked about it often. Like, is this not a South Park episode? Like, this is real, but also it's feeling like a South Park episode. Like, some of those debates, whoa. But you think you'd be okay with them making fun of you? Yeah, I would prefer to make fun of everybody else, you know? I w- <laughs> I would prefer to be, like, the biggest bully. You want to be the bully on South Park? Yeah, I want to bully Timmy, probably. (laughs) Like, bully the other cripples. Or, like, maybe just bully Carmen, because nobody's ever really come for Carmen. He is the ultimate bully. Yes. So, yeah, I want to be the bully, you know? I want to bully the bully, maybe Carmen, I guess. So if there, if we did, if we convince South Park to do this episode, maybe it's like your mayoral run and there's some bullying in there. What would be the moral at the end of your story? Hmm. Disabled people can be bullies too. <laughs> you hear that South Park? That's a perfect South Park story. <laughs> Disabled people can be bullies too. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Kaylin, this is so fun. I can't wait to watch some South Park with you. Oh, my gosh. You had me watch it last night. I caught up on the newest episode. And wow, they're so good. So thank you. And here's what else Denverites are talking about. A massive rainstorm over the weekend caused parts of the city to flood, including one recently finished and highly contested infrastructure project, the Central 70 Highway Expansion. The section of I-70 in particular was recently reopened after a remodel that cost well over a billion dollars. That remodel was, in part, supposed to prevent flooding, which stranded nearly a dozen motorists on Sunday night. The Denver Post reports that CDOT has opened an investigation into the issue and stated that the stormwater drainage system for the project wasn't quite complete. Critics of the I-70 expansion, um, like me, are feeling a great amount of I told you so. And finally, a follow-up on Ballot Trip, our four-part investigation into the future of psychedelics in Colorado. At a press conference on the steps of the Colorado Capitol yesterday, organizers behind one of the proposed measures said that they failed to collect enough signatures to make the ballot. Yeah, so I just want to keep everyone in mind that we knew going into this that this would be an uphill battle, but we wanted to create the dialogue so people knew why there are two initiatives and how the people that really sparked this movement here in Denver were not on board with with what's happening right now. According to Chris Walker, the reporter behind Ballot Trip, this means that only the big money-backed Initiative 58, with its Medical First framework, will be up for a vote this fall. I'll drop some links to the whole Ballot Trip series in the show notes if you want to learn more about how this all went down. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed the show, why not take a minute to tell Cartman about us? Rate the show wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to our morning newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. See you later. This kind of transphobic and bigoted hate speech isn't going to fly here, bro.